and welcome to another episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Drost. I'm the president and founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping players of the ages of 14 through 20 navigate their path to college hockey. I'm excited. Today we've got a special guest. Uh, lucky to have a great coach and friend of mine, Ryan Ponick on. Ryan's coached uh, goaltenders. He's been a goaltender development coach. He owns his own business, GDI USA. Um, also, it's coached at the midget, junior, and professional level, uh, including eight years uh, in the NCDC at the Jersey Hitman, where he had numerous goalies go on to play Division One. He coached at the USHL level for five years, uh, in the NHL for five years, across a couple different teams, and even in the ECHL um, for five years. Uh, and some notable goaltenders that uh, he's worked with or have come through organizations that he uh, obviously played a role in their development, included John Moore, Cam Rowe, Adam Huska drafted the NHL, David Hrenek drafted to the NHL, um, and Max Zukov. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming on, Ryan. How's it going? Great, Colby. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I guess first, everyone's kind of losing their mind with COVID and hockey and saying, oh, my son's not on the rink. And, uh, you know, obviously you are now the director of goaltending while, while working with junior teams for the Mission AAA. Um, but I guess first, like, how has it been going for GDI? What if, Have you seen an increase in goalies focusing on their individual development and, um, you know, and, and kind of taking advantage of this time, obviously within the safety protocols? Yeah, I'm glad you bring it up. I was telling our goalies when we got back on the ice in June here in Illinois, where I'm based, that this past break has been a blessing in disguise because they get that mental physical break that everybody needs post season. Um, as you know, youth hockey goes all the way through April and uh, internationals, if you're fortunate enough to play for it. And then, uh, you know, a week or so off before spring hockey starts. So with kids being forced off the ice, I, I thought it was really to their in their best interest to recharge the battery uh, heal the injuries and create a little fire and passion desire to get back out there again. So um, since summer, we, we were slammed as a goalie school because everyone wanted to train and, and we went through uh, or went on with our nine camps and we had no um, you know, health issues, uh, which we're fortunate enough to, to avoid. And our kids followed our new guidelines, you know, to uh, to socially distance and and what what to do as far as staying away from uh, or you know e even dressing in the parking lot and um, you know minimizing meeting space and things of that nature. And then um, since the season has begun, you know now the teams are in charge and the rinks have all different mandates and guys I think are getting more accustomed to the routines that they have to adhere to. One challenge I've run into lately is now that kids are playing games again, we can't go through our hour and a half routine. And uh, that's throwing guys off a little bit. So I think adapting to the environment is, is, is a good thing. And being able to, you know, just go play hockey and 
relax a little bit um, is a, is is important. One season does not define a hockey career. So, you know, some kids are worried about I'm not going to get in my 50, 60, 80 game schedule this year. And we don't know where, where the season will end. It may even extend, you know, past April this year to get in games once things calm down a little bit. But um, I want guys Did that are find to, to relax, yeah, go through the, you know, go with the flow. Yeah. Did you find that the kids, I'm sorry, I, I, I thought you were getting to the end of your point there, but I was saying was, uh, did you find that kids, you know, even like this is outside of the development and getting better and individual, but like the kids were kind of like maybe took hockey for granted and then they get back on the ice and they were a little hungrier. Like, geez, like really, I might only have one private or two a week and like, you know, I should better make the most of this. Did you see kind of like a, a burst of energy, I guess, for, with some of the kids? Yeah, definitely in June when everyone got back on the ice, they, they couldn't wait. And so it worked to the, to the benefit of forcing that break, which we as goalie coaches at least do tell our kids to take breaks, to enjoy an off season, but that the off season is your best opportunity for development. So um, there was a real excitement to get back out there at every level. Yeah, I would imagine. I think, you know, moving into kind of now just goaltender development and starting kind of at the at the bottom levels of AAA, sure. you know, what, I guess, you know, I mean, if I didn't allude to it, but you've also been the goalie director, um, development director at the Chicago Mission for the last four years, been involved in AAA for 13, but um, as a full-time member of the mission, working with all the goalies from, you know, bottom up. Yeah, all the way up to U18, right? So I guess you obviously see a lot of the kids they are growing, they're getting better. Um, you, you work with guys, you know, whole, well, majority of them I think go through the program, but what would your take be on just to open this up the general landscape of youth goalie development? Like, what are you seeing? You know, there are things that you think we could be doing better. Um, you know, I guess you, know, you watch a lot of games as well. Like what, what is your take on goaltender development, you know, right now? So, it's definitely a high level of goalie that's playing in the NHL. And to get to that level, it starts with squirt. And the years that go th- that you, the kids go through um, to reach the pinnacle. So, you know, when we have a 10-year-old on the ice, we want to focus on simple stuff, of course. And we want them to try and develop some natural instincts and not force feed technique too early. And that's a balance because it's so important that they do gain some structure from day one. Um, goalies like Carey Price and Mark Andre Fleury were born into technique. They, they hit that. That's the first generation of NHL or to step on the ice and be told on day one, how to do everything. And obviously it's created, you know, a caliber of goaltender in the NHL like that. so I think goalie coaches took that and said we're going to follow suit and basically make even little kids do it the right way or the highway and so now that runs the risk of developing too many robots and robots that can't actually make a save come game time but look pretty in drills so that's always a challenge for any goalie coach and I think it's going to be the individual goalie that dictates that 
some kids really embrace the technical side. They're good at it. It's natural for them. They, their brain works analytically and, you know, they're going to look structured through their whole hockey careers. And then, you know, I'll jump ahead a little bit. And now I've, you run into a bantam age goalie 14 that has zero technique, but boy, can he stop the puck? Um, you know, and that's why he made the team because he's a battler. He's a Tim Thomas. He's a Hashik. He's a Johnny quick. And what's wrong with that type of goalie, you know, as long as he's getting the job done, isn't that what all of our head coaches think? We work for our head coaches. So they, uh, they care about stopping the puck, not how it's stopped. Um, and I'll jump ahead again. So then at, at the NTDP level, those, those goalies are typically selected because they have well-rounded packages. They have, they have structure, but yet they haven't lost the athletic side. Um, they do compete to no end. <clears throat> they are great athletes and they have the size and they have the character traits. And those are those well-rounded guys. So, you know, I, I don't like to start planning for the NHL at age 10 because we know the, uh, the odds. So instead it's more about seeing where they go with things, um, giving them some pieces of the puzzle, but letting them compete and have fun and having fun as well. Um, to, you know, embrace goaltending. So like, I guess, I guess to, to kind of to round that kind of, that's that uh, opinion or perspective out on is, I think, you know, a lot of goalie coaches, if there even is one, it's a lot of the youth programs is, it's a lot of textbook kind of stuff. I mean, obviously there's some great goalie coaches and there's some guys that, you know, mean well, and there's some guys that just aren't good. But I guess what I would say is, it's kind of balancing that structure versus feel, right? Being able to read the game and, and get out of that structured setting because it's not just a textbook uh, kind of game. You can't just teach uh, all the tools and then like, expect the kid to uh, know how to use them. Um, and I think you see that a lot. Like even you was like talking about something as simple as the reverse. You see kids that are just in it to be in it. They're just, they don't have a purpose behind it. Or, or And I always tell kids, at least my opinion is, have a purpose to anything you're doing in the crease. You can't just, you know, slide in the reverse if the guy's yeah. on the wall and not really a threat. So I guess, where do you find that balance of teaching the tools and polishing them, but then also, you know, instilling and helping the kid. I know part of it's on the kid himself as far as IQ, but um, helping him kind of, uh, you know, further develop the reads and, and the instincts and things like that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the key. And you know, every goalie can be taught, but not every goalie can learn. And we can go through a million and one repetitions. And it typically takes that many, right, to build muscle memory, the science behind that. Some kids learn slow, some kids learn fast. And that goes the same for even an adult, you know, a, a pro goalie will learn quick, make adaptive changes quickly. And some it takes, it takes a long time, it takes a lot of mistakes. And, um, you know, we, we've got to try and balance how to be a technician with how to be an athlete. And make no mistake, an athlete doesn't mean diving around like an animal on the ice. It means competing for a puck. And, you know, when you said something as simple as the reverse, it's actually the reason guys are making so many mistakes in uh, that post dance is because it is not simple. It is ultra complicated. It's one of the most detailed areas of our game anytime we're on a post what's simple about you know goaltending can be developing a stance 
away from the post and developing a, a butterfly away from a post. But as soon as we integrate into a post, we, we run into a whole new slew of challenges. So we want to avoid that as much as we can. Keep it simple. Don't go down into the reverse. Just stop making your job harder by being down early or by being restricted on a post uh, or in a one knee down position. So you know, it's about keeping things really simple throughout an entire career because we don't want to overcomplicate the position. Um, but the rabbit hole of technique is very deep and we can get into things that you know, we don't necessarily need to dive into and start relying on instincts instead. If we make a mistake, a technical mistake, it doesn't immediately cost us a goal. It might produce a bad rebound. We might get away with it. Puck might hit a post. And so we don't have to be perfect. I think a lot of kids that have embraced the technical side, they, they want to be perfect with the position. They want every save to be perfect because we preach that, right? perfect practice, perfect performance, but it's, it's okay to not be perfect. As you watch um, any NHLer, and, and we saw plenty of it in this past playoff <clears throat> in which Tampa won it, you're going to see guys make tons of mistakes technically, you know, bad rotation here, um, didn't track that puck, was too deep on this one. You know, it doesn't always cost us a mistake leading to a goal, and it doesn't always cost us a game. So, Kids are a little bit too hard on themselves now is what I see. There's a, there's a lot of kids that are just, they shake their head, they throw their arms in the air as soon as they make a mistake. It's okay to make those mistakes. What's not okay is that you don't learn from it. If you're just frustrated about it and don't pick up on it, then you're not going to develop, right? So you're going to hang your head. You're going to bang your stick. You're going to be frustrated. And a frustrated goalie is a useless goalie. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, get get through all that white noise and temper and anger and whatever. It's like even even a player, like a coach yells at you, like, okay, yeah, that, maybe it's the first time you're going to yell at by a coach. But try and get through all that to realize, well, what is he actually – why is he yelling at me? And it's the same thing. You give him a goal, you can get mad, whatever, but why did that go in? Try to reflect on it, figure it out, and get better. I think, yeah. you know, a lot of goalie coaches, at least uh, everyone might have a different opinion, but I've heard is like – you know, working with a guy day to day, like if, even if it's not an hour, it's 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Um, I know it's hard for a lot of AAA programs, but not to get into too much, but just to touch on the mission a little bit. Like, I think you guys, I mean, the mission have obviously invested in, in the player development and having a goalie coach that's full time. You know, talk a little bit about what you guys are doing there day to day that might be a little different than other programs. And, and I know you also go and watch a lot of the goalies play on the weekends Sure. Um, and probably more than a lot of than you're expected to. So, you know, what what are you doing there day to day to help the goalies develop? And my what what might be a little different than other programs? Sure. Well, I spend four days a week there, and then the weekends for games. And with us having no home games uh, <laughs> in this current situation, um, and not able to see those games live. But during the week, um, with a 12 team organization, including our girls program, um, we have you know, me seeing the goalies each week and, you know, whether that's 10 minutes as the team warms up or whether that's the coach giving me time with the goalies for over a half hour, all these minutes add up. So we want to maximize those minutes in terms of development. And, um, you know, I stick to a plan of that development, a predetermined plan. This week we work on this, this month we work on that so that we're progressing through goaltending. 
Um, I don't like to chase goals, meaning if a coach tells me he gave up two on his glove side, I'm not necessarily even going to go work on that. I, I don't think we chase goals. I don't think we get better for that. I think we want to develop skills at a young age that every goalie needs things like the fundamentals, you know, we're in, um, we're ending October. So for two months, I've worked on nothing but fundamentals. And those would include developing depth and understanding positioning, the movements it takes to get to those targets and all of our save selections, tweaking glove position, tweaking, um, you know, how low you are in your crouch and then taking it further into rebound control and saying that every save, is an opportunity to control the puck, not just stop the puck. So that to me, and vision tracking too, let me not forget that, um, which leads to consistent save selection. So, you know, those, those keys are, those aren't unique to any goalie. That's all goaltenders that need to develop that bulk of skills at the beginning of a season or at the beginning of an off season, or those are the skills that tend to fade during the course of a long season and, and need to be refreshed. They need to constantly be maintenance. So even in my last year in green Bay, I remember dummying down what we did because I would only visit them every so many weeks. And it was instead of fixing a goal, you know, coach may be pretty upset about how we played something, go fix that. But we'll, we'd talk about it. We'd see it in video and that would be it. So more importantly, I would go when on the ice into, you know, fundamental development, maybe some tactical approach to, um, you know, how to play a goal line attack, how to play a traffic situation, but, you know, sticking to the plan, I think is important. So, you know, I'll rewind that and say every goalie needs to have a plan, whether your goalie coach dictates it, whether your summer camp you attended dictates it and the report card you got, um, or, you know, we, we've got a, we have kids that are smart enough at 10 years old that can, can put a pen to paper and decide the few things they want to work on through the season, set some development goals in the gym as well. We can't neglect that. I want to get faster. I want to get stronger. Um, and they got to stick to it, whether it's a, a long-term or short-term goal. Like today I want to work on staying up longer, more patience. Today I want to work on my rebound control, tracking, any number of things. That's, that's where I say the, the list is so long. Well, we need our goalies to be educated enough to make that list for themselves. It shouldn't be up to, you know, one coach to dictate what 24 goalies need to work on individually. It's, we all can get better at these things. Now, if you want to dive deeper into that, then it is a, a goal you gave up over the weekend. Or it is that I want to, you know, enhance my, my tracking skills. Yeah, I would agree with you. And honestly, a little what drives me a little nuts is um, like I love hearing you talk about the fundamental part because I go to games and it's like, or, or I talk to some guys and it's like, well, we're teaching them this and that. And it's like advanced stuff. And it's like, I watch the kid and he, you know, he can't even skate around the crease. Like sure. he can't even get to make a basic stick save. You know, if I shot 10 pucks at him, it's, you know, maybe five or on a stick and three of those are straight out instead of to the corner of the glass. And it's like, you know, he can't track the puck and turn his head. And it's like, without all that, there's no foundation. So I, I, I can, again, you've kind of hit on it, but can you stress the importance of those, you know, obviously you're going to fine tune them, even if you make it all the way to the highest, the pinnacle of professional, you know, but you know, how important is having that foundation be as sturdy and filled as possible? Well, 
it's a career long goal because just because you can't track a puck properly, put a stick save into the corner properly, doesn't mean we don't have to touch on a complicated scenario like a goal line attack, a traffic, as I mentioned, because they're going to see those situations in games. So you have to be prepared for those too. And that's the challenge of a, of a goalie coach that, that I've, you know, struggled with at times is how much do I keep it stupid, simple, boring because he can't track a shot into his glove properly versus he's going to see rims in games. We've got to address that too. He's going to see a, you know, a deflection to the weak side. We've got to address that too. So that's the struggle for us when determining what to work on is you know, we can't just say we're doing fundamentals until you get it right. And because then, you know, we're at the end of the season and <laughs> there's another month to work on <clears throat> all those tactical things. We, we can't wait that long. Um, for example, I had a coach at the junior level tell me the first thing his goalie coach did on day one with the goalies was handling rims. <laughs> and the coach went and said, buddy, you, you've got to help them make saves first, right? first things first that's more important and I agree with that but then I had a coach tell me uh, at the midget level that you got to ha have them handle rims because we just played a set of games and you know they weren't leaving their net but I'm not working on that right now with those guys I'm busy working on their tracking their rebound control their quote fundamentals so there just has to be a balance and you know an order to things and that, that's why somebody has to be in charge of it as well as a goalie director <clears throat> um i i've got to set the tone and stick to the plan as i said Th there are clubs that don't have any goalie coaches or there's a club that has um people helping and so i'm also part of usa hockey in the initiative to try and expand goalie coaches throughout the country and, and throughout each league or each level and that's that's a different topic but a key one and if a club has multiple goalie coaches all teaching multiple different things, then that can be a problem too. And by multiple, I don't, I don't mean, you know, two or three guys that all communicate with each other. Uh, I have a guy in um, at mission that, that does some of our younger teams with me as well. And if you're on the same page, that's one thing, but to have 10 different goalie coaches or, you know, a, a ridiculous amount that everybody's teaching a different thing then it can be detrimental to the goalie and they're good. They're just going to develop slower. There's mixed messages and there's deviation from the plan. Meaning, you know, we're getting into rims when they can't stop the first shot. And I think that that's, that's important that, that you have direction in the organization. Um, the, yeah. the other piece of the puzzle for mission is, is that this does, this goes beyond just goalie coaching. We, have, we also have two skills guys and they rotate through the teams as well. And, one of them works in the American Hockey League and the other one works with pros in the summer. So they're elite level guys that see the game a little differently fr than from a head coach perspective. And, you know, when, when they get into it, they are doing fundamental skating, stick handling stuff. And then they ramp it up, you know, the following week and they're doing some tactical things. And, and that's, I think, the, the, the suit that the goalie coaches can follow as well. Yeah. And I, and I agree the advanced uh, part of Part of that is, is obviously, yeah, I'm not saying, hey, neglect uh, guys driving the net tips. I think 
what I, what I, and, and everything you touched on is exactly what we want to hear and is very important. I'm, I guess, I guess I find like, I feel like people just, you know, they're teaching all that stuff and that's great. And then while they're teaching it, they're also going to talk about the fundamentals while teaching it instead of like, Hey, let's have a balance. Let's work on, you know, five minutes today. Let's just work on some stick saves. Then we'll get into what we're doing today. And I just, I feel like you touching on how you guys do things. The mission is, is kind of like, we have a balance. We do fundamentals, but then we do this and it allows them to enhance those things so they can do the more advanced uh, net play or, or yeah. game tactics stuff better. You know, I sure. feel like the fundamental piece just gets forgotten. You know, does that make sense? You know, yeah. some other program, you know, and for me, I, I often forget skating, like just doing edge work and down and back simple stuff and that's a product of the time given you know so the time on the ice if it's 10 or 30 minutes it's got to be dedicated to the craft um if we are working on stick saves then i want to get right into that um but when are they getting their goalie specific power skating drills in you know we all struggle with balancing the time allotted to us if a goalie struggles in one area they have been trending toward you know bad tracking bad glove save you know goals are piling up in one area don't know how to handle a walkout or a wraparound then you know maybe that's why they need to seek extra time away from their team and have a private goalie coach that can really dive deeper into their individual needs and i think that's that's important too to balance workload with what is what is going to help prepare for this game situation versus am I just turning into a robot that you know relies strictly on technique but seeking out your yeah. own coach I recommend that for every goalie you know not just the serious ones we we run into that for years is I love hockey I play at a double a or, or an a level I don't bother doing lessons and I think that's a miss it's an opportunity for goalie coaches, that's for sure. But if it, this position takes more than just the team allotment of ice time given. So whether your team skates daily or twice a week, you know, it's not, it's not enough at your level. We, we always need more goalie time. And as I said earlier, the, the off season is the best opportunity for that. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into. I don't want to get. We won't get into it like at a, at a, at a too crazy of in depth. But I think last thing to touch on, kind of the AAA midget and youth. Now, obviously, whether the kid has a, you know, every a lot of goalies have their own goalie coach. Like that's not to say he works for the program. I know that's the case sometimes. Well, let's just say it's not the case, and the program doesn't have a goalie coach. And I know this is probably a question you can answer for an hour, but you know, the kid that he's going. Monday through Sunday, he's playing 80 games. He's, you know, he has to do his three practices a week. Maybe it's four, maybe it's less. Um, he's working out. He's got to do schoolwork. He goes to school. He's got a social life. You know, what are things that, you know, you would recommend to him? And he's like, well, I still want to, you know, develop my individual position, the goalie, uh, like that you could recommend that he can do on his own. Or, or obviously, if it's on the ice, off the ice, video related, what, what could they be doing to better themselves? Yeah. So, you, you know, the higher level you play, the more ice you get, the more demand on your schedule, the more sacrifices you make. And, you know, then I also mentioned that 
you know, at a lower level of the game, you've, you've got downtime away from the rink, away from hockey. So take advantage of it. Well, everybody can mix in development away from the rink. So if a goalie thinks it's all about ice time and it's all about shots and it's all about technique, it's they're, they're missing, you know, the most important piece of the game, which is the mental game. So we believe in four development inputs, one of them being the mental, one, the technical, three, the uh, physiological and the fitness athletic side of the game in the gym and in other areas that you do training, physical training away from an ice sheet. And then the gear game too, we, we have to maintenance and, and enhance our gear at all times too. Those are our trade tools and we've got to address it. So when it comes to what can I do away from the ice sheet, it's in the gym, we're developing, you know, a full well-rounded athletic attributes such as strength, stamina, endurance, flexibility, speed, um, cardio, like all that stuff has to be addressed if you're going to be an athlete. And the old stigma that the goalies are the, you know, the kids that aren't in shape thrown in the nets because they can't skate. That's long gone, very long gone. I, I, if, our, if any of our listeners are thinking of that, then, then they're, they're missing the boat. We, we now need our goalies to be the best athletes on the team. And that means they're, they're in great shape, you know, just in general, in great shape. It doesn't mean they're going to bench the most, run the fastest and things like that. They just have to be in great shape. You've got to have, you know, those athletic attributes to successfully play the position at any level, you know, and, and if you, if you're, if you get with a, you know, your team strength coach, they should be able to give you individual feedback of what you can do better. But if you get with, if you don't have a, a strength coach, you know, there's plenty of youth hockey clubs that don't even work out, then go consult a, a private uh, trainer that's going to give you a routine, one that you can do when you're with him or her in the gym, and then one that you can do at home. And so, you know, goalies, when I started coaching back in 99, we, we were doing parking lot workouts, right? And that's the way so much of it's done now. But when you get to a high level, it's all in the gym. So most of the today's best strength trainers are in college, college D1 level, and they've, they've put the weights down too. And it's all about body weight and it's all about agility. And even a lot of those guys have now worked in vision training for any player, any sport, even, you know, the basketball coaches are teaching how to bounce tennis balls. And so I'll get into the vision side of it, meaning, um, you know, 10 years ago now it's been, we, we put more science and thought into tracking a puck, you know, watch the ball all the way in. It's an athletic ability, catch a ball, catch a puck. Some kids make it natural and some really struggle with it. Um, and now that there's all the science behind vision and tracking, that area is huge and it makes a huge impact on save consistency, reaction speed, um, and then therefore rebound control too. So you're going to make your, your job a lot easier if you have great eyes. And we've worked with a vision therapist that has you know, opened our eyes no pun intended, to the fact that you every, every goalie at least should go get a vision test to see which eye might have deficiencies and 
um, you know, how to correct that. It's not just with glasses. There's therapy that can, that can fix um, visual imperfections. And then, you know, once you have a baseline, you, you go work on it. So it's, it's not just juggling a ball on the wall like we see on NBC Sports before a game. We see Hopi on his butterfly throwing a ball. That's just him, him warming up his, the neurons in his brain. We're talking about away from the rink, away from the skates, learning to juggle and how that affects your brain's ability to process information, which is so key in, quote, reading the play out there. We're talking about, you know, doing challenging drills where some, a partner is throwing a ball from behind you off of a, off of a, um, an angled board and you, you are tracking it in and bounce and up to your hand and your ability to turn your head and still keep two eyes on that ball and successfully catch it. So, you know, a million and one vision drills have been created and I encourage all goalies and their parents, of course, the ones that are, you know, extremely involved to invest in vision training. And so that is one of the newer pieces of the puzzle. And then lastly, that mental game that uh, we all know is important and none of us work on, that has to change. So one of the newest positions in all elite sports is a mental coach. And it doesn't mean a psychologist and it doesn't mean a shrink. It means a guy that can give you skills that you're going to need in the middle of a game when you're struggling with focus, with confidence, with overcoming adversity and a coach that can help you overcome getting uh, cut released from a team at the beginning of the year. Uh, uh, when you're riding the pine for a month while the starter runs the roost, you've got to have the mental capacity to be able to overcome that stuff. And then, and the main reason is you're always going to get another opportunity. You just don't know when it's going to be. You're not in control of that. So when you get your next opportunity, whether it's next shot because you just let in a goal or whether it's next month because you got the next start, you've got to be ready for that opportunity or it's just going to pass you by. So, you know, mental training and mental conditioning, it's something we address as much as we can during the course of a week-long camp. But same thing, if, if your team isn't providing it in season, and I don't know of a youth organization that does, I don't know of really any junior teams that do, that uh, that I know of, <clears throat> then you've got to go seek that person out on your own and do the work because the brain is a muscle just like the forearm, uh, just like the quadricep, and you got to develop it. It's got to have strength and it's got to work for you when you need it. So, like, I mean, I've seen a lot of individual components of what player uh, goalies could be doing to develop their game, I guess, uh, transitioning into the off season. Right. And I, I don't, I guess I'm not looking to, I guess we don't need to talk about specifically what you should be doing in your 12 week plan, but a lot of people, I'm sure you even have them ask you as, as their goalie coaches, you know, obviously, well, what, what junior tryouts do we need to be going to? What summer showcases do we need to be going to? Sure. And we, tell all these my clients or kids looking for advice is you know the most gains you're going to make and this is my opinion is is in the off season you know you're going to be able to work on your body 
you're going to be able to get on the ice, work on your individual game thing, really focus on things that maybe during the season because you're doing so much with your team and games that you can't really focus on. And I, and then to kind of round that point out is, you know, I, I'm always a big believer, you know, guys, uh, especially when my time in Dubuque is, I want to see how the kid develops each season, right? You want to see him getting better and if you're tracking a kid, especially a goalie where a lot of the best goalies aren't getting committed or getting their college uh, placement to an older age. You kind of want to see that progression of uh, development. So, I mean, I guess, you know, maybe touch on that importance of, of really having a plan to get better and, and really making the most of the off season and maybe not running around to, so a million junior camps and now running around to a million, you know, summer showcases, especially the goalie. Yep. Well, I mean, I, I subscribe when it comes to that area of discussion about getting player advancement and moving up the ranks. I subscribe to less is more. And I am a firm believer that your team is what is your primary showcase of your ability your play is your greatest sales pitch. So the challenge is getting in front of those people and showcasing yourself, right? If you have a triple A goalie, um, male and female, their in-season play is what's going to advance them. So if you are a double A goalie, then you don't see the same volume of scouts and recruiters then you have to do what you can to think outside the box a little bit and, you know, get to some of those showcases that you talk about or, <clears throat> or have a, um, you know, a, a, a highlight video that you, you post and send out. So if your ambition is to go from house to double A, you, you just need to go to the trial. If your ambition is to go from double A AA to triple A, then you're going to need to probably contact a coach that you know you want to play for, reach out to them, take that initiative, and, you know, go get seen by that coach. And, you know, there's some support to be said or to, to create some video where we can't all be in the rank all the time. So a little bit of video texted or emailed or posted that can be accessed is, is important. And if you're a triple-A goalie trying to just make it to the next level, you're bad, I'm going to midget. Well, everyone knows who you are, and you're either going to be recruited or not. You're either going to be asked to try out or not. And, you know, you just have to be good enough. And then if you're graduating up to junior, and especially the guys that are junior trying to make college, then your play is going to dictate that the most. So to waste all the time, and money and resources to attend 50 showcases because there are 100 showcases that you can go to hasn't, I've never subscribed to that notion that, you know, in the off season, it's about exposure. The off season is about development. I said it three other times. And so if you miss that development opportunity, you'll go to these tryouts and not be good enough anyway. So it doesn't make sense. Double-edged sword of trying to balance getting noticed getting exposure on the ice with being good enough at the end of the day, just have to be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing I would say to that is, 
you know, obviously I, I agree, like there's always a time and place for video. There's a time and place to, you know, if you're recruited to, to go skate with the team, things like that. I guess more of it is if you're the same goalie for the next three years, then like I, I would I would have to think you're doing something wrong, right? So sure. I guess making sure you're taking the most time. Like I, I just talked to Noel. We had Noel on here from the Chicago Steel. And we yeah. talked about like, if you look at the month of July, and you run around three weekends and that's 12 days because you have to travel and whatever you're then you got to rest four days in that month there's 16 days and now you just limited yourself to, to 14 days you know what i mean so like just making the most of that time and making sure you're in the gym four or five times a week or whatever it is to be you know to have purpose and efficiency um, because i think you would agree if you're not getting better every year, then then something is you're probably not doing something right in in the off season and probably during the season. But the importance of that development itself, yeah, it's the key to it all. How you yeah, how you balance, yep, how you balance getting better with getting exposure, and the time you invest in trying to take steps in your career is a challenge. Um, one way to, to help you advance is to have an advisor and someone advocating for you on your behalf. One way is just to make sure you give your coach the best impression of you as a human and as a, an athlete, and that coach will advocate for you because your play might dictate, you might be your biggest sales pitch your head coach is next. And we all know that, you know, if you, if you're not, um, you know, on your coach's um, top of the class, I, I'm forgetting the term of, uh, you know, teacher's pet that you're, you know, what's he going to do for you? And I hear so often every, every summer about how my coach doesn't do anything for me. Well, it probably means that coach doesn't believe in you then. And that's the problem. <clears throat> if you know it's time to add some advocates then and at the right age and the right circumstances then then bringing in someone like yourself to advocate is a key bringing on your goalie coach or a connected coach that you have a good relationship with is going to help as well for you to move up the ladder because there's so many players trying to accomplish that same goal you are and we all think that, you know, why am I not getting those opportunities versus my buddy or versus a, um, a peer that you, especially for a goalie, it's easy to say, well, I beat him this year. Why did he get a USHL draft pick? It has nothing to do with those wins and losses. It has everything to do with potential and body of work and, you know, overall skill set. And um, I think that that stuff all is a difficult discussion and has to balance between having, you know, being good enough, being seen and who's advocating for you. Yeah, I would agree. I think before we get into juniors, I got to bring this full circle. Like I think the last thing is just what you hit on there is, is the importance of patience and blinders, right? Like focusing on yourself, creating that body of work and having success because it's like you said, it's easy for people to say, you know, why not me? But there's so much more that goes into it, right? It's like um, focus on your own game, what you could be doing to get better, 
and like let things kind of fall into place with your support staff. Um, and I think moving into that, you know, guys that have played at the North American League and in, in USHL and you guys having having worked with guys that have been drafted in the NHL, I'd be curious just to kind of hear from you, like, you know, just a general kind of question to start things off is what those guys are obviously they're, they're getting it towards some of the highest levels of the game, you know, playing tier one junior and then eventually, you know, some of the hockey East and NCHC and pro you know, what are those guys doing day to day that just makes them at that top tier of player, you know, outside of their talent, their ability, um, you know, what separates them maybe from their peers? <clears throat> so are you referring to how does a junior goalie succeed and get their commitment? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, yeah, I guess in general, like, you know, what are they doing day to day? Like, is it their preparation? Is it their mindset? Yeah. Is their ability to kind of reflect on things and, you come the next day and all of a sudden he's made it a, a drastic Like, what are they doing differently than maybe the, even at that level, like them compared, I mean, uh, uh, was it Hrenik who was, uh, I'm sorry, Huska was goalie of the year. Like in the USHL, there's a ton of really good goalies, right? And he obviously was the best of the best at that time. It's like, what is he doing differently compared to even at that level to separate himself from the other guys? That, you know, sure. Yeah, that particular year he won goalie of the year. He was just so consistent. We just know what we were going to get from him every day. Um, I even think it was a first-round playoff loss, so he wasn't on a great team and stood out, though, every night as, um, you know, the better goalie on the ice sheet. And so he had plenty of losses to go with those wins and that, that trophy, but his consistency – in games was was his secret um pretty rare that you're going to win a goalie of the year award right only one guy can do it i've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of goalie of the years uh at different levels including toby harris's uh jersey hitman and i would say those guys were often a product of the best team on the ice and so for but they couldn't they couldn't slip up though and and that organization keeps its goalies accountable so you know no you mentioned is there a, a was there a, ever a goalie that one day just switched uh, made a dramatic change i'd say no never i think this is always a slow process and from everything i've even mentioned already of how to develop your game and how to think about your development a lot of times it's just a slow, slow process and it just clicks come junior or clicks when you're 18 years old that, you know, now you're an adult, now you're a young man or woman and, and it's, it's time to not only take things more seriously, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's time, it, it's clicking, it's, it's finally working. The pieces of the puzzle are formed and it's going to work. Uh, another quick example to make a We've had a lot of goalies that at the young ages, it, they do everything right, the puck still goes in. And all of a sudden, they get older, they get bigger, they get stronger, they get faster, they're doing nothing differently, but now that translates into a save. And it's just because they, they grew, they, things started clicking. And when you hit the junior level, you have to earn your job every you earn your ice time every day and that's unlike youth hockey where two goalies pay the same amount of money and get equal play time 
or close to it. But a junior, you got to earn your keep. And that's, that's important because it's the same in college and pro. And that I think holds kids more accountable. I'm sure at the other positions, it's the same when you roll the lines versus now we have a, a set number one line and, you know, they play against the best players at, at, on the other teams. So for us to take a day off is going to affect our performance and it's going to affect our playing time. So I think there's a little fear of failure there that comes at the junior level. And I've had plenty of guys that struggle through junior because of the difference in the differences between junior and midget before that, meaning they now are living the dream of being a hockey beauty and, and living with a billet family in a random city and their job is to go to the rink. And that's a real eye opener and it's a real change of, of lifestyle. And so they struggle with that, especially in year one. So most rookie players don't play as much and they have to be felt out by their coach, what they're capable of, how they're adjusting. And then I know that that lifestyle switches yet again, the jump from junior to college, because now it's your job is not to go to the rink. It's to be a student athlete. And you've got to go to class and you've got to study and you've got to balance a huge workload in the classroom with what their demands are of you on the, on the ice with your team and the travel. So back to junior, it's, it's a big change. And, you know, that's your opportunity to really take it all seriously and to realize you're playing for your life now and to know that you can be traded or dealt or a third goalie, for example, can be brought in to push the other two or to push one of them out even. And so all the things that your goalie coach told you years ago have to now take shape. And if you neglected all that stuff up till junior, it's going to be a big struggle. You know, if you didn't hit the gym every day, if you didn't do vision training, if you if you didn't eat well, if you didn't sleep well, if you if you if you messed around through youth, it's going to be a real struggle come junior, because now it's your job, it's your life, it's your hockey life, and if this is your passion and if this is your your career objective, your goal is to become, you know, the best you can be and rise through the ranks, then it, it, by the time you get to junior, it could be too late for you. Um, so things yeah, have to be right. Yeah, yeah, those are great. Um, I, and I love the, in the beginning you talking about how Huska his consistency was was a big part of his success because I always tell at least my clients or people again that ask for opinions it's at that level consistency and reliability is a huge two words that I think you should like put in your brain because. You can't, whether you're a forward defenseman or a goalie, you can't be a guy. We get something out of you one game or a couple shifts, and then we don't know what we're getting out of you next. Sure. And to stay, I think it's a big part of, would you agree that those kind of two words are, are kind of fundamental words that could lead and help work towards sustainable success? Again, we're talking outside of talent, and we could get into things like that, but being consistent and reliable, does that, are those kind of terms that you think could help you if you're, if you focus on, then the process and doing the things the right way so you can have uh, consistent success. I mean, is that kind of what you've seen at those levels lead to sustainable success over a long time? Yeah. Having consistency is a product of your performance. It's not something you can just go work on. 
And I think there's probably, you know, 101 conversations about consistency that can be had. And I, I don't believe that you can just say, okay, today I got to be consistent. It's all the work that you put up till that point that's going to make you, it's going to create consistency, right? It's not a skill in itself. It's a product sure. of, of your development. So that's maybe why I go back in this early struggle I said of, you know, when do we start teaching proper technique? Why not on day one? That's going to create consistency 10 years from now, won't it? Or will it just create a robot that can't make a save in a game? So that's where I think the individual has to be um, catered to as a goalie to try and, you know, figure out what's going to create that consistency. Is it reps or is it, is it just passion, love, and, and compete that they have in their in their psyche, and and that develops into quality goaltending down the road. But I still think our ability to create consistency comes from all the preparation we we that leads up to it. So that's not just having a pregame routine, but it's putting in the work every day. So as I said with the junior guys, you know you, you do see the ice every day unless it's a travel day or unless coach rewards you with a day off, or unless it's a day after a three game weekend, you're hitting the ice every day. So every day is an opportunity to go get better. And every day is an opportunity to, to push yourself and to compete with your teammates. So key for a goalie at that level that you earn their respect because you can be, you can be shipped out. So if you're going to consistently stop a guy on a breakaway, if you're going to consistently um, impress the coach, if you're going to consistently outperform the other goalie that you're fighting for playing time for, then, you know, you have to do that every day. And it all comes from what you've put in up till that point, the time and energy you've put in. Yeah, I think what you kind of just hit on is exactly what I was talking about is it's, to be a consistent, reliable player at the highest level comes from all that preparation work and obviously the day-to-day, -day, you know, routine you have, but, you know, it's you putting in the work ahead, you know, years before it's putting in, you know, the, the time to your craft, you know, uh, every single year, not just, Hey, I made it now I'm going to start doing this. Um, and, the, and I think the best players, and they're not always perfect. Like you get to the USHL and you still have to learn. It's a development league, right? So you're still learning new things. You're learning how to carry yourself even in different ways at that level, I would say. So no, I, I would agree with you kind of, it's all the work that you put in ahead of time and continue to do. And then obviously learn new things and, and add those to your uh, repertoire. So I think the last thing I'd love to hit on is obviously to kind of, again, bring this full circle before we close it down is, you know, you've worked with a lot of goalies and goalies, obviously, I know there's, there's, there's young goalies that have been moving on to, to juniors right away. And, and a lot of guys, it takes time and you see them have kind of more recognition at 18, 19, 20. Um, maybe talk about how it's okay. Like you might go through midgets and not really get recognized as a goalie, right? It might, might take you uh, that opportunity at the junior level to kind of step in and have success and prove yourself and even at that it might mean you going to like the na and the ushl it might mean you get go to the na you get cut go to a league like the ncdc then you get back to the na and how you know all those ups and downs are a part of the development process and obviously there's a mental stamina that you need 
But I guess kind of the importance of that, the progression and, and you know, meeting that, um, you know, it's not going to be a gradual line, right, from where you're at to college and it's going to look beautiful. It's going to be up and down like a mountain. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Big topic, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I threw a lot at you there, but I think you get what I'm getting at. You know? So. Yeah, 100%. It's, I've. I've worked with a lot of goalies since I began the um, coaching and the percentage that make it fully to their goals of making it to college, or I should say moving up to junior college is so few and the pyramid gets smaller at the top. And that's, that's the root of it. Um, you know, this particular hockey season, we have less NA and less USHL teams. Um, I don't know the numbers on the lower leagues at the junior B level, but there's less spots right now in the hockey world for a goaltender. And, you know, to persevere and to accept failure and losing in order to win and be the guy down the road is key. You know, how do you learn to win? Probably by losing. How do you make a team? Probably by being cut at some point or by being passed over the path is unique for every goalie. I'm sure every player, but for every goalie there, there isn't just, you know, I would challenge you to do the numbers on, and you probably already have, but how many guys go tier one to USHL to D one, you know, goaltenders. And those numbers are in the minority versus goalies that have to travel a tougher path. So we can't all just be that grade A plus player that, you know, always makes the team that you're after. We all have um, bumps in the road, peaks and valleys that we're going to have to overcome. And that's the majority. But so, you know, to accept that this is the way to, to my, my goals no matter what the road is, no matter what the cards are dealt, you know, play those cards and see what happens. And, you know, if your ultimate goal is the NHL, it's the long-term goal and you are playing major junior USHL, then yeah, you're, you're in the cards. You, you have a card to play there that might get you to pro hockey. Um, but it's still, you're, you're so many years away from it too. So for, you know, for a goalie and their parent might be listening, it's play your cards, do what you can do, blame no one except yourself for your successes and failures. You know, that if you win, you, then it is a, a team, a team win, right? And you're just a part of that team. And if you, if you lose, well, you're a part of that team too. If you don't make a team, it's on you. What could you have done better? And if you have to slow down your, your train, slow the train, then, then that's fine. You know, the, the train can't go hundred miles an hour all the time. So if you've fast tracked through youth hockey and now we're playing at a, at a junior B level, don't be discouraged. Just understand it's a stepping stone. It's a starting point because, you know, we mentioned already those, those rookie goalies don't typically get that playing time um, right out of the gate anyway. So you have to sort of play where you're at. Now, 
if you want to move up past that level, then you've got to dominate that level, right? And if you want to be USHO goalie of the year, you got to dominate that level. That that'll earn you something. And it, you know, if you're in the NAHL and you want to move up, then you have to dominate that level. And we see that come draft day all the time with guys that succeeded at the level below them or at the level they're playing. And then they were rewarded for that. And, um, you know, again, just, just to say it again, though, there, there's just no one path, especially for a goalie. There's how many USHL teams this year without NTDP only 13, right? So you have 26 goalies in the USHL. That's at 26, you know, there's probably 26 in the tier one elite league alone at the U18 level and, and not everybody's going to make it. So it's just, um, it's just perseverance and accepting your role in whatever one you are, whatever league you're in, whatever, uh, whatever the cards were dealt and working from there. And it's a great life lesson. You just don't always get hired for the job you want. You have to start in the mailroom and work your way up to the office. Yeah. I think especially, especially as a goalie, like I've looked at this before and I think you and I have even talked about, but just look at last year's top goalies. I mean, numerous goalies came from, you know, they played midgets and they played in different junior leagues and they just kind of climbed the ladder and had success. And like you said, going back to it, built that resume, you know, and they've also, some of them had, had, had nicks on them as well. Like they went, they had a chance at USHL one time, got caught and then they, they got another chance and now they're in the league and had a lot of success. Right. So it's kind yeah. of like you said, persevering through all that as you climb the ladder and, and I think getting back to the development piece, it's, it's getting better and making the most of whatever time you have, if that's in the off season or during season. Um, but, you know, making sure you're just becoming the best version of yourself. And I, I think this has been really helpful and very informative. So I really appreciate you coming on and, and I know uh, you're a busy guy. So I think what I would tell you is I kind of give you the last word of people, you know, outside of the mission GDI, if they want to get in touch with you, uh, any advice you have or, or anything you guys have going on that if people want to get in touch with you about, you know, obviously just kind of uh, give you this last word before you sign off here. Absolutely. Thanks. <clears throat> so the, um, you know, the best resource for me and my staff and what we do is our website, gdiusa.us and on the all social at gdiusa goalie. But, you know, I, uh, all the things I've touched on from pieces of the puzzle, mental, physical, technical, um, I can refer anyone interested to our mental skills coach, to our vision trainer, to our yoga instructor, um, you know, to our, our gear partners. And we do desire to be a resource for all goaltenders. So, you know, we're not, based solely in Chicago. We do camps out of state and events that, um, you know, any goalie can benefit from at any age and skill level. Uh, we also have a unique piece of the puzzle in that we have a women's director. So our, our girls side of, uh, of our goalie school is tremendous as well. So, you know, through experience, I've, I've learned there are differences on the girls side. So you know, should you have any listeners on the girl side of the game, we'd be happy to to help those ladies move up the ranks and develop as well. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, and thanks again for the time, and, and uh, I'll be in touch with you soon. 
Okay, Colby, I appreciate the chat. Thanks for having me on and all the best to you. Thanks again for joining us. This has been another episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. Please follow us on social media at Paragon Athlete across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and of course our website, uh, www.paragonsportsconsulting.com. That's paragonsportsconsulting.com. Uh, look forward to our next episode and I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. We'll talk soon.